give control up on your money, but you have to know who to give it to. You can't just yeah. give it to anyone yeah. that's doing real estate. You have to find successful people that are always over exceeding their expectations. And there are a lot of them that do it because I'm with them all the time. Unfortunately, there's more that don't exceed expectations. It's the old 80-20 rule. So you got to find the top operators. And when you do, you can tell after a while that, I mean, everything they do, they make money on. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Five Talents Podcast. I'm your host, Abel Pacheco. I interview the top commercial real estate investors and industry experts so you can learn from their experiences. So if you're an investor, a high W-2 earner or real estate or tech sales professional that wants to invest in real estate without having to manage properties or leave your day job, then this podcast is for you. Or if you're already investing in real estate, but you're doing it part-time and you want to become a full-time multifamily or full-time commercial real estate investor, this podcast is for you too. You're going to learn a ton. You will learn from real-life multifamily investors and other professionals in the industry. They're going to share their blueprints for success. And I'm super excited that you're here. So I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, hello. This is Abel Pacheco, your host for the Five Talents Podcast. We have another tremendous, amazing guest joining us today, Mr. Dustin Hendrickson. Dustin, how are you doing, brother? Good. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate Man, it, Abel. I'm super excited that you're here because I was telling Dustin earlier, this is the first time that I've actually get to sit down and ask some questions of him. But I feel like I know him because I've watched him so many times on LinkedIn. He does great videos. He he pushes out some good good content, and him and his family are kind of always in there. And I enjoy watching all of your posts, brother. So thank you very much for joining. And for those that don't know Dustin Hendrickson, let me give a real quick intro, and then I'll turn it over to you. Dustin's been investing in real estate since 2003. He started this syndication in 2017. And he basically applied mindset to create an amazing ability to create mailbox money. And in all the endeavors that he's into, you know, he really finds a way to, to make money, drastically reduce some of his liabilities. And then he enables him to give more of his time, give more to other entrepreneurs, give more to other people that are trying to learn how he does it. And, you know, he's a big believer in mindset, ownership. And just the power of relationships. So I'm super excited to have you. Dustin, thank you very much. Why don't you give us an introduction? Tell us who you are in your own words, and uh, we'll just start a great conversation, brother. All right. My name is Dustin Henderson, and I love real estate, and I believe that it enables you to take your time back. You can be an adult, and you can be a kid too at the same time because you don't have as many responsibilities because you learn to delegate so much stuff. So you just free up a lot of your time when you take the real estate mindset and apply it to all your other stuff in life. I started back in 03 and I, my mother wanted to go into real estate. So I said, Hey, I want to be a builder. I didn't know I really wanted to own. I wanted to own my own house, but I didn't know about real estate. And I built one and basically figured out how to build and how the building process works and was a developer and everything on this with no prior knowledge, just figure it out. Hey, there people yeah. will help you because everyone does. It'll, you can figure it out. So I went for it, did it. And then I learned on the first project. And then I just scaled that out, started building more and more duplexes. We kept them. I transitioned from owning a roofing company into a building company. 
I did make some mistakes though. I should have probably not sold the roofing company and just built for myself. So I started a building company and sold back to the public. And I'm not a big fan of being a home builder and selling right away. I'm more of a fan of being a home builder and keeping because the power is Holding. in the ownership and the appreciation. Yeah. So then I got into syndication in 2017 and I realized that single family, I didn't want to do it. And I had already scaled some projects, but I didn't understand how much more powerful the scale was. I applied all the underwriting techniques that I learned in syndication to my to other stuff I was doing. And I also learned that I'm not a numbers guy because <laughs> of can, syndication. Yeah. I just know value and I know like when some's a good deal, but I don't, I'm not an underwriter. Yeah. So I just partner up with the underwriters and I've made a lot of mistakes. And one mistake I've made is, and a lot of people do this when they first start, they want to partner with their buddy. So they go find a buddy that's identical to them rather yeah. than finding a buddy that's complete opposite of them. And you should always partner with someone that's complete opposite of you before you bring in anyone else that's like you. So I made those mistakes and now I basically partner with people that mask my weaknesses and I, I, then I have some to offer and they have a lot to offer me as well. And then we're not trying to do each other's task either, you know? Absolutely, man. I a hundred percent agree. I worked in a tech company that was big on strengths and there's a book, I forget the name of the book. It's something about Maxwell, I think is one of them, but discover your strengths now it was the title. I forget the, the author. And the point of the book was your strengths are what you should focus on as opposed to trying to make your weaknesses or in those areas better. You will get way more out of life, out of your you know success, out of whatever endeavor you get after if you spend your time on your biggest strengths because you can just excel in the same amount of time. On your weaknesses, maybe you can you know, if you're a, a three in an area, maybe you can push yourself to become a five or a six. But if you're an eight or a nine in some area, you can become a 10 on your strengths areas. And if you just partner with other people, we were always big on teamwork. And so I build a good team and cover your weaknesses. Exactly like you mentioned, man, we, we scaled a hundred million dollar business to a $2 billion, just focusing on that. And it was a good time, man. So I a hundred percent agree. So how did you find out you were not the underwriter? How did okay, that so, happen? So speaking of what I want to add something to what you said, oh, I yeah, actually please, please. discover my strengths until 2018. Oh, you know, nice. I started because 2017, I, I, the light bulb for syndication went off and I was like, aha. And then yeah. all I was hearing was mindset, mindset, mindset. So I started reading, started realizing, becoming more self-aware. My wife started helping me and I, I had to strip away everything I was doing. I quit construction I was doing affordable housing development, custom home design and building or mixed use development, value add development. Now it was 30 units and lower. So it wasn't like hundred units, but I was doing all that. And then I was just kind of flatlining and I would figure I had to figure out what was going on. So yeah. I had to sell everything out, refocus and then scale. Yeah, so, that's awesome. So I have only discovered my strengths within the last two years or three years. And I've really only fully applied them for six months to a year. What in the world are they? I'd love to hear them. I'm basically a, I'm a value add design guy and I'm a networker. I'm just a natural networker. Now I'm, I understand the deal side very well. And I can talk to contractors, GCs, developers, landscape designers, all kinds of the design. And I can create a project that's going to be really, really good. And I'm not I'm just learning how to talk to the finance guys. 
So I have super, super, super good deal flow and I can get, I can find the guys before they get big and they prove themselves. I can have them prove themselves a little sooner or like I can find their proof a little sooner and I can see their value because I can talk to them and they approach me. Yeah. You yeah. don't know how to brag about themselves and they want, they'll approach yeah. me and I can brag about them better than they can. Yeah. That's so, awesome. I love it. I love it. I'm big on networking also. All of my opportunities that I've had thus far in multifamily, it's power of my network. And I, no broker knew who the heck I was. And they, I would say most of them still don't know that I'm working on deals, but power of your network. I partnered with other people that were in deal flow and just kind of had the opportunity to partner with others. And, you know, every time I join a new group, that's like, oh, there's additional people that I click with. And, Looking for the opposites is a very smart, smart move, man. So I love it. So I did ask you a question. I forgot. But what markets are you in today? We'll start there. Um, so I like Phoenix, Atlanta, Jacksonville, although our deal flow in Jacksonville kind of is almost nil. And then I actually really like the Sioux Falls market too. I'm local here, so I have a huge network and our cash flows are really good on it. And it's super stable right now. So normally... I'm not as big on this area because it's super stable. So it doesn't appreciate that fast. But yeah. with all the unrest going on, this is like the most insulated part of the nation. You always rise, even through 08, like everything, it just, it kept going. Maybe there's a couple of years where it flatlined, but yeah, rents never dipped. Values never dipped. I'm in Texas for a lot of the same reasons. I don't know much about, I looked at a deal one time in Phoenix. I heard a lot about the markets that you're in, but pretty much everything has been in my backyard in Texas, but it, it mimics, it sounds like a lot of the same mechanics that you're talking about is even during 2008, not a big value drop at all. It just didn't grow as fast. Rent comps were pretty much the same rent growth and, you know, 2% just year over year chugging along, nothing crazy. Just every year was consistent for like the past 20, 30 years. So what do you focus on now? What kind of assets and what are you looking at today? I love high quality locations above anything. So yep. to me, it doesn't matter if it's an older building, as long as it's well-maintained and like everything's fine with it. Obviously, I don't want to go into this too much into this past the 60s, but I'll, I mean, I, I've even bought historical stuff. That's not really our model, but I like a really, really good location. So no matter what apartment you buy, it's still the better location for that. I like to buy the kind of the worst apartment in the best location if possible. So I'm all in on locations. And then I try to buy stuff from mom and pops. So that way there's so much meat on the bone, just in the management, just bringing in professional management. Sometimes you don't even have to do the actual heavy lifting of the value add. And yeah. then you still sell it with meat on the bone. But I still like to do as much value add as the market commands because I like to actually improve the property as well. But I'm not a fan of over improving a property. Yeah. The worst apartment complex in the best, best neighborhood. It mimics the ugliest house on the street, right? For the same reasons, right? Yeah. So tell me about that. Like how many deals are you in today? How many doors? How many, I don't know, millions of dollars? What, whatever you feel well, comfortable, Shell. I think the AUM is super overrated because I mean, I understand it's a metric to use, but it doesn't really tell you anything. You had to dive into someone's books to know. Because I'm basically on a 20-some million dollar deal in Atlanta. Yeah. I can say that whole thing, AUM, but I only own 1%. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. 
but that's 134 units, I believe. And then I'm 30% owner on a 72 unit deal in Sioux Falls with Chris Pomerleau and Colin Schwartz, those guys. And that is way more profitable for me. And, but I can claim more on the other one. So, but my actual personal benefit and how much more impact I can have when I own 30% is huge. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I say, but I got 12, I think where I'm invested in like 12 syndication projects, maybe five of them are passive. I don't do any day-to-day management. Some of them I raised money. Some of them I helped with design. Some of them I helped, I was a KP. Some of them rebrand. And then I have like a hundred, roughly a hundred units where I own the majority of them. And so that's where a majority of my wealth is, is in the ones that I own most of them. And I'm doing the day-to-day man- asset management. Mm-hmm. So I just kept my nicest stuff back in my local area. And that's, yeah. I kind of own that. And that's the majority of my income, but I'm trying to flip it all into completely passive so that yeah. like I'm completely passive. That's awesome. A few things to touch in, touch on in this area, because this is, you know, a lot of people don't really talk about this or are not sure how to. And, you know, I kind of like the way you describe it because I'm the same. I'm in a hundred million dollars worth of real estate. I'm in a passive investor in like 300 doors So, you know, that's $30 million. And then in 600 doors, I'm a general partner passive. But, you know, when you look at the whole portfolio, it's $100 million. You know, I'm a minority stake in all of it, right? So I don't have a big lion's share in any one of those deals. But what we did was we converted 10 years of single family investing, where I was probably in about a million dollars of single family, and then just kind of slowly converted, refinanced, pulled capital out and invested passively. And then we did active deals. We've been invested about six of them. But even just that is most people, if you're not outside the world, if you're a passive investor or a new general partner, this kind of stuff is when you start to look in or dig a little deeper, you realize, oh, someone has more experience or less experience. It doesn't matter how many doors or how total AUM, it's like your involvement or your ownership or the active work that you do in all of it will really start to paint the picture of who you are in the space. And I was talking to somebody, uh, Dustin, that had, they have like 30 houses and they go, um, we were talking, some other people were talking thousand doors, 3000 doors, 2000 doors, 500 doors. But they go, well, I'm in 30, but I do own all of them free and clear. And I go, dude, you you forget about my thousand doors. You That's probably way more valuable than, than my thousand. The fact that they're free and clear, no mortgage. And I'm sure you come across this often in, in your, you know, and everything that you're dealing with. Is that, what's your perspective on this? If you can add on to it, that'd be awesome. Yeah. The thing is, though, the guy with those 30 doors free and clear, more than likely he's doing a ton of work too. So uh, on that side, he, he is too. On that side, he is. Totally underestimate the amount or how they underestimate the power of a passive investment because you forget that you have it because it's such little work. And all of a sudden, you get a big payment in your account. And you're like, what's yeah. that from? You kind of track it down. And you're like, oh man, I forgot I even owned that. It's literally super, super powerful. And you for, and that's why when people say, oh, the returns aren't good enough, it's like, no, they're excellent returns because you don't realize how little of work you actually have to do. Yeah. The passive side is money. When I was in my first rental house, second rental house, third rental house, it was completely passive. 
because nothing had really happened. <laughs> and then I went to four, five, six, seven, eight, and I was landlord. I didn't hire a property manager or anything. And then I have a renter move out and just trash the house. And then, yep. you know, I had another renter move at the same time. And then I had, you know, an AC get blown. And then it was like, oh, there's, you know, an issue popped up. And all of a sudden you're active around a nine to five job. And it was a little different, a little different as opposed to a passive investment where it's truly mailbox money. So let's talk about mailbox money, man. What is it? How do I get it? And what's your thought on this? What is it? How do I get it? Mailbox money. I th- okay. So mailbox money is actual passive income. And so a lot of people are like, well, I can take that 50000 and buy this crane and blah, blah, blah. You know, they can do that and they can make more money. And it's like, yeah, but you can also lease that crane, especially if you're not using it every day. And if you can't afford to pay the lease payment you probably it's not worth doing the job. So you could lease that crane, pay the lease payment, take your money out of your business and put it somewhere else. And meanwhile, they may start making money and you really make the same amount of money you would have made before, but you're letting someone else make money with your money. So you have to learn how to give control up on your money, but you have to know who to give it to. You can't just give it to anyone doing real estate. You have to find successful people that are always over exceeding their expectations. And there are a lot of them that do it because I'm with them all the time. Unfortunately, there's more that don't exceed expectations. It's the old 80-20 rule. So you got to find the top operators. And when you do, you can tell after a while that, I mean, everything they do, they make money on it. And even in bad times, maybe you're not making any money, but it's not going back to the bank. So you just get through the bad times. You got to correlate to the bad times with stock, you lose a ton of money. If you have really bad times, what's the worst that's going to happen? Usually is you don't get your dividend payment, but you shouldn't even ever really have to put money back in to the projects. Once our projects are stabilized, we don't, we haven't had to worry about that stuff. And we've had projects through the 08. So mailbox money is truly passive. It's not, it's not, you can't be involved in it. And that's when you realize the power of mailbox money. And then you can start to take your time back because all of a sudden, you put 50,000 in here, you put 50,000 in the next year, you put 50,000 in another year. And pretty after five years, all of a sudden that first 50,000 is now a hundred thousand. Meanwhile, you've got five payments coming in on all them others that are roughly 300 bucks a month. If you're, if you're doing it right while they're appreciating and you get your tax benefits and everything. Yeah. Then that fifth year flips to a hundred plus you put another 50 in cause you should keep putting 50 in. And then your sixth year flips to 100. And then after year 10, that 100 goes to 200. Like it just, it snowballs. And pretty yeah. soon after 10 years, you realize, wow, I don't really have to work my job anymore. Somebody asked me for a visual of this description that I gave them the other day on the phone. And I'm going to try to create it. If you, if you have one, if you have a, an easy sheet or uh, easy button on the sheet, let me know. And I'll, I'll share with you as well. I described the exact same thing. How do I get 500K as quickly as possible? at a 7% preferred return or distribution. And that's going to bring me 35K passive income a year. But that 500K seed in five years will be a million and that'll be 70K. And then a million will be two and it'll be 140K. And I'm 41 today. So by the time I'm 55, you know, having that seed that keeps growing and gives you uh, this, this, this distribution that I'm looking for, this mailbox money, that's the cycle. That's the flow that I'm trying to get into. And, you know, that's kind of the goal for me is how do I get, uh, I think I resonated pretty much with what you said at the beginning, trying to become a, a passive investor. I'm doing the same, man. I started passively because I wanted to get in 
and now I'm doing active deals. But ultimately, the goal is how do I become a long-term passive investor, and then just you know choose the deals that I want, and we can go do a deal for fun, you know. Yeah, and the passive side is actually where most of the money goes. So if you look <laughs> at all the returns, passive is eating up 7% to 8% right off the bat. Mm-hmm. And then you've got to refinance them. They get paid first. You know, they get 70% of the waterfall after the 7% prep. I mean, everything goes to the passive side and yeah. you don't do anything. It's beautiful to be an LP investor. If you're an LP, passive investor, a limited partner, an equity owner, you know, all these words are kind of synonymous in the syndication side and you're listening now. When you start to look at these equity structures, make sure you're paying attention to this because on some deals right now, 80-20, 75-25, even a 60-40, which is heavy on the general partner active side, which it's heavy, but even that the lion's share of all the profits go back to the passive investor in that 60-40 split or 70-30 split. And there's there's superpower to that, putting your money in. And not only are you leveraging other people's money, which is the bank, the bank leveraging other people's money, but now you're leveraging other people's time, experience, knowledge, and tenure, which is the general partner team. And it's I thought it was, I thought it was beautiful as well. Yeah. And beautiful as well. a lot of people want to just be like, oh, 50 grand and all I get is $300 a month. But that is a super short-sighted view and you got to yeah. play the long game. And if, can you put in another 50 next year? And then can you put in another 50 the year after? If you can continue to put in 50 pretty soon after 10 years, you realize how much money's coming. Plus it's not taxed. So if you're making a hundred grand and you're a single guy, you're paying pretty much 50%. So if you can get 50,000 a year tax-free, it's the same impact. Yeah. The tax-free part is is amazing. So you're a real estate professional, correct? Yes. yes. Okay. I've so been for a long time, actually. Yeah. Over De- a decade. Developer, working on it, rehabs, roofing, sounds like, et cetera, et cetera. So give the listeners, the passive investors that are real estate professionals, or maybe they have a spouse or significant other at the house that's not a real estate professional that needs to become one for tax purposes and IRS purposes. What are some of the benefits that you've seen or you've experienced as a real estate professional with, you know, as it relates to syndication, accelerated appreciation, cost seg, that kind of thing? I mean, I just don't pay taxes. So I haven't paid taxes for a long time. And when I say don't pay, I pay tiny bit. I actually could probably, I can bring them down more now that I'm done actually selling. I mean, I'm pretty much the, when I, after I got out of my construction business this year, I'm basically to zero tax. So I shouldn't really have to pay that much tax anymore. And even if, so if you're a doctor, you have a stay at home wife, it's easy. All she has to do is work a few hours a week and have her look at some deals, have her start learning about real estate. Now she's a real estate professional. Yeah. And now you're paying and you're got, earning 400 grand and you're paying 200,000 in taxes, take that 200, figure out how to get it into the investment instead. Mm-hmm. It's all a huge write-off with the cost seg. Some of these guys are given up to 80% year one K1. So we had a $5 million deal that we just closed. It was an 88 unit in McAllen and our investors got like, or getting like a 70 something ish percent loss. So that means a hundred thousand dollar investment writes off about 70 K in taxes 
especially real estate professional that has a lot of, if you got the right mix of withholdings to write off, you're winning. You're absolutely winning. So anyways, that's awesome, man. So thanks for illuminating this. So what's next for you, man? You know, you've done some amazing things already. You know, you've syndicated big deals. You've been a partner on some big, significant partner on, on others, your hands in a few different things. Where do you think you're headed next? What's Um, the goal for you? Hello, hello, this is Abel Pacheco, your host for the Five Talents Podcast. After listening to a few episodes, deep down, do you know that multifamily and commercial real estate investing is one of the best ways to create financial freedom? If you said yes to that question and you are where I was a few years ago, then I'd absolutely love to connect with you. A few years ago, I started personally consuming a ton of real estate education. I traveled all over the country, as many real estate conferences and seminars that I could go to. I took 200 plus hours of real estate education. I spent thousands of dollars along the way. And I did this because I knew the path to financial freedom for me and my family was through commercial real estate and syndication. So if you've made a similar decision, I'd love to connect with you. And potentially in the future, I'd love to partner with you as well. Take a moment, go to 5tcre.com forward slash invest, and I'd love to set up a time to talk. I'm just trying to help as many people as possible get into real estate without going and doing... I don't want people to go out and buy a duplex unless they actually want a career change or if there's a reason, is it in their backyard? They want to improve the neighborhood. Like, don't, because it's being an operator is way harder than you think. And you can make the same amount of money with doing nothing if you just team up with a good person. And more than likely, you have the chance of making a lot more money when you team up with good operators. And then, you know, if you can somehow figure out how to become a real estate professional, you can lower all your tax liability and you can just reduce the amount of time you spend on creating money for the government. Yeah. Go. It's all about time freedom. And so my time freedom, I basically can do, I mean, I usually plan out my week in advance, but I can pretty much, if I don't want to take any phone calls, I can just say no. And I can have the whole day free. I pretty much have no day that I actually have to commit to anything unless it's like this. I committed a long time ago for this. Yeah. And like we have to do an apartment walkthrough on the ninth and I'll commit to a trip, but high level, I can drop everything very easily and fly out to meet someone somewhere or take mm-hmm. a little vacation. So my time is ex- is extremely flexible and I don't really have to work. Like there's so many little checks coming in from all over the place and they're really not even that big, right? 500 bucks, 300 bucks, 800 bucks, maybe three grand. It's not a huge amount, but it just, it's like raining. And pretty soon it's like a snowball and you can't, it's like, wow, there's a lot of money coming in all over the place. Yeah. Maybe I don't have to work so hard. So you can just take some time off. I don't know. I just love the time freedom. I agree. That was originally my goal or intent for real estate investing. And then when I started in 2008, what kind of gave that example of the, of the individual that owns 30 houses and how much time they have to put into it. And I just realized, uh, I got, I kind of lost sight of it as my equity was growing. I really had no time. So now that's the quest is trying to get back to that, that area where I have more time to go do what we want to do. I think I'm still at that point where I'm like in a grind in my head for like five years, another five, I'm 41 today, 46, just grind it out now. 
And that'll put me in that perspective in a few more years. So I'm excited. So I did the grind and I've, you know, developing certain projects, you can gain a lot of equity right off the bat. You can gain a, you know, 250 grand on doing a development project in Mm -hmm. equity. So it adds to your, you know, net worth. So it's nice. But in order to, if you can just apply the be easy rule to your job somehow, rather not saying you shouldn't grind it because it's not about working hard. It's about just flowing. So if you can be easy, be water, that's what I just say. Be easy, be water. Yeah. I was going to ask, flow? what is be easy? How do you go so with the flow? Sure. Like, so somebody shows up and they say, Hey, you need to, you should look at this market. All right. Someone else sends you an email. Hey, you should look at this market. Okay. Someone else like, Hey, I'm from this market. You guys want to meet up? You should definitely meet that guy. You know, you've kind of gotten some signs that tell you, you should look into it. And so when I get suggestions from people, I just kind of follow them. Now I try to figure out why it's happening because I feel like a lot of stuff just naturally will just happen. And you just have to, you have to pay attention (laughs) to what signs you're given and you need to go with the flow. And not saying you shouldn't grind, you should grind, but it shouldn't be super, super difficult for you. It should be fairly easy and you can just, you can do it just as easy as you want to, or you can make it hard. Be easy. And you'll find that like your body will tell you if a deal sucks and your logic will try to make you want to get that deal done anyways, because you don't want to lose the deal. You want to close. Yeah. But you stumbled upon some and your body's like, yeah. It'd be probably a lot easier if we walked away from this deal Yeah, and you don't walk away from it. And you're because you listen to your logic on why it wants to keep the deal. You You don't, you think you're failing, right? So you keep going into the deal and nothing about it's easy and you keep going along. And then at the end you sell it and you didn't make any money and it was a huge pain in the ass and everything about it was not easy. And you could have avoided it by just being easy. I've interviewed one of your partners and the way he talks about running through deals and underwriting, I can see how you guys are good partners. You guys feel like the opposites there because he, he did not describe be easy. <laughs> the exact opposite, man. So yeah. that's amazing though. That's exactly what you're looking for is I like that though. But I have heard many multiple number of times on our show, we've been interviewed about 110 guests that are all really, really good caliber quality, you know, people. And just like you, Justin, and I've heard more than a few times where it's somebody called me up, asked me to go check out a property. And this was on a Monday night and I was there Tuesday morning seeing what's going on. Right. And they told me about this deal and I followed it in and that led them to the guy doing $500 million and getting the advice that he needed on the back of a napkin. That was the equity structure for his next, you know, $700 million. And you just, you hear those things and the way you describe it, although different is very similar to many other people's stories that have had success. They say, you know what? Somebody gave him a call. Let me just, let me go see where this leads to. Right. Yeah. Do not be a skeptic, but trust and verify. So trust them, but then look in and make sure it's all good. Because if you lead off with being a skeptic and no trust, you're going to go nowhere. So you might've just blown the opportunity by doing that. I mean, what's the worst that's going to happen? You go and you go to meet them and nothing happens. Who cares? You're the same spot. Did you waste an hour? So what? Maybe you might've learned something on the way over there. You didn't know something, something probably happened that was worth your time to meet someone there. 
even on the don't be a skeptic part, I also hear a number of people that I've not interviewed on the show that do not have real estate holdings or never had the success. And what they kind of tell me is, is they, they are super skeptical. I didn't want to join this. I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to spend the thousand bucks. I didn't want to go to the education. I didn't want to go to the seminar. They hear the word guru and you know, I guess nobody really likes the word guru, but you get into that and there you could tell they are super skeptical and uh, man, I, I can't help you if you are, cause you've got to sometimes just follow it down, follow the path down to where it leads. And you know, but uh, anyways, this yeah, is- people are always astonished by how fast I move. And they can't keep up necessarily in their mindset. It takes them all to process. But they're sitting on the, they'll be sitting on the sidelines over verifying paralysis by analysis, whatever you want to say. And, and sometimes I'll create an insanely good relationship. Sometimes it was a waste of time and I just wasted a half an hour. But for the most part, almost every person that I meet, the majority of them are not a waste of my time. Yeah. I can weed out the waste of time people usually immediately. Sometimes like I don't get any benefit from them, but I could help them with one of their problems, which mm-hmm. when you help someone, that's about the best feeling you can do. So maybe that lifted my mood yeah. and then I was able to do something better later on in the day. You know, even just that, that's uh, I'm glad we're, we're talking about this. I know this is a commercial real estate podcast, but all these things are like, this is mindset. This is you know, kind of what we deal with. On a yep. daily basis, and we were talking about a ten million dollar deal, a twenty million dollar deal, and you're you're trying to jump into it. A lot of times, you, you, it's practice to get to the big dance, practice for before the big game, and you're you're trying to overcome, you know, some of the th- these mindsets and you know, say, I I can do that, I can make it happen. Let me make the best of any situation because when you get into a big deal, there's always going to be obstacles. And you're like, let me make the best of the situation and keep pushing forward, man. I love this conversation, man. So on this part of it, I find one of the hard, the mindsets to overcome is the lack of capital, lack of resources, lack of experience. Everyone's focused on or anybody that's not on this show. I hear them a lot. I don't have this. I can't do that. I didn't have what you have, et cetera, et cetera. Focus on the lack and never really get to that, you know, big deal or whatever. So they're also focusing on what they're going to get from the deal. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You want something from the deal and that's why you don't, you have a lack because you don't have what they need. So anytime you go into a deal, the person with all the money doesn't know how to get the deal and needs the deal. The person with the deal doesn't have the money and needs to figure out how to get the money. That's almost always the two things. So if you go into the deal and you're like, hey, what can I do for this deal? And you get nothing out of it, but you actually provided value. You might get a call in the next deal because they're like, oh, you know what? We never even gave that guy anything. Let's call him up. Let's get him out here. And they give you the, they saw that you provided 5% worth of value on the last project. And all of a sudden you got 5% of a, 10 or $20 million project that you have no business getting anything out of it, (laughs) but you didn't need anything the first time. Yeah. I mean, some people don't ever understand how to take, but you have to first give because everyone's a skeptic. Why don't you give your time first then? So give your time. If you give value and you actually do something worth your time, those people are going to invite you on the next deal. And maybe they give 100%. you 2.5%, but you're worth five, but that's still 2.5% more than you had before. 
yeah. and maybe that two and a half leads to five and five to 10 and it goes on and on. And then, you know, now you have experience on paper and now you've built a track record. So you're dealing with huge deals. You're not going to go out and get a $20 million deal first. Why would you get the $20 million deal when the more experienced people are right there going to give, they want the $20 million deal. Yeah. Amazing mindset. Thank you. It's that lack or, you know, something you can contribute the value with giving freely is really awesome. So the part about capital, how do you get capital for projects? How do you raise X amount of dollars on every single deal for all the projects that you've done and, you know, help illuminate this a little bit for other people so they, they realize, oh, I don't, I don't need you don't need $4 million yourself to go do a deal. Don't, you know, in you fact, you can get very anything. little. <laughs> you can yeah, get it very little. If you go have ahead. vision and you have a network of people that you can, that actually trust you. Maybe I put together so many deals just in my local area, even though they're smaller, that people know that I'm, you're able to do it. And now I'm just working with better operators. So all we're doing is scaling. Because I was never the operator. So that was the main part that's missing is I didn't have a CFA Otherwise, I probably would have scaled faster, but I didn't have a day-to-day operator and I, I just tried to be that for a while. But yeah, you don't actually need anything. You just need to be able to put everyone in the room together. And that's what the term syndication means is to syndicate, to put a group of people together that are going to do the deal. And someone has to be the person that puts this group together. So if you have a really yeah. good idea and you can put the group together, you actually don't need anything. But that's a lot of people that you have to know. But if you get the best person in each one, you can bring them into a room. Maybe you start by just meeting someone that has a million dollars and you bring that into a deal. Well, then now you got a track record. You just have to, you, but I, what I do is I just talk about it. So you think about your idea, then you talk about your idea. And the next step is doing your idea. So as long as you push the ball every day, you can push it forward and push it forward. Pretty soon you're going to go from thinking to doing. And you just have to think, have to talk about it, write it down, get it out of your head as a thought, put it on paper, it'll materialize. You always talk about it and it's a good idea. Someone's going to invest somehow or an operator is going to take it over. But yeah, you need to get in the game somehow. And maybe you don't deserve as big of a percentage as you think you do. But anything can be done without any money. Yep. This is a good mindset. And so talk to us so that some people that are listening are like, yeah, yeah, Dustin, that sounds easy enough, but how the heck did it happen? Right. I didn't so, say it was easy. When did I ever <laughs> one time say it was easy? <laughs> so Dude, I, for me to get equity, I used to work out on roofs until midnight. Sometimes we were shingling and take saving a thousand bucks here, $500 there. You have to save up some money because I think the easiest way to get into a deal is just to passively invest. That's the easiest way. A hundred. If you have yep. money, you've yep. done the hard work. The hard work was saving 50 grand or saving whatever amount. So then what the I, easy part is getting in. Yeah. So the easiest way to gain 50,000 is to somehow find one person that will back you to buy a duplex. Now, this is a career change though. This is someone wanting a career change to get into real estate. If you want to passively invest, you just have to have capital. So save your money and invest passively. And that's an awesome way to do it. If you have a good career and you're happy, you want a career change though. Go buy a duplex or a fourplex, live in one unit, rent the rest of the rooms out to your buddies, rent the other three units. You'll have $50,000 so quick. Like you'll have $50,000 in equity within a year, probably, if you buy in a good location. 
and you're talking, you've got to do everything, all the asset management, you're not hiring a plumber, you're just figuring it out because you need that experience anyways. You have to get a little property management experience, you'll get a little marketing experience, you'll get all this overall experience, plus you're forced to do it, you're thrust in, you don't have any money to hire it out, or you shouldn't anyways. And then you can refinance that, pull out your 50 or 100 or however much you can pull out of their deal and then go and invest passively. All you need is that one investment. Now you have credibility a little bit and you can just leverage that credibility. You need to scale way faster than I scaled. That's for sure. I, I waited way too long to scale. I did the same. And I tell people today when they ask me, do I have to do single family? Like, you don't have to. It helped me overcome some limiting beliefs. I guess signing on the line once, twice, three, four, you know, you bunch of times and you're like, okay, it's a muscle memory thing. It gets a little easier when I was in my first $7 million deal. But at the same time, you don't really need to do that. You can actually skip a lot of it and go to education, go to mentoring, go to work with somebody who knows, learn alongside them. So many different ways, ride shotgun on a deal, provide value, just like Dustin's mentioning and and get after it, especially today. There's podcasts, there's edu- they're free educations. The hard part is, I think, listening to us for 45 minutes <laughs> and maybe taking like a five-minute nugget out of the show. That's your time investment, but it's, it's free. We're, we're putting it out for you guys. So hopefully that helps. Dustin, if somebody wants to reach out to you to either invest with you or learn more about what you're doing or get involved or just try to provide you some value, my friend, what's the best place for them to reach out to? How do they get in contact with you? And also, who do you want to contact you? I want anyone that has good deals. They don't know how to really brag about themselves and they're having trouble you know, finding more equity. And same with anyone that has equity that wants to get in deals, whether it's a family office, a fund, or even a 50,000 50, or even a $25,000 investor that wants to get started. I want to do a little program for them where I can start a relationship with them and they can invest in our 506Bs. So anybody that wants to invest money in real estate, I can help them find good deals. Anyone that has good deals that is, you know, having a little trouble finding equity or they, everyone that brings in equity wants too much control. You know, I would just probably want to invest with them first and feel them out a little bit, you know, hopefully bring some equity to their deals. So you can DM me on LinkedIn is, is usually where I'm most active. I do have a email mailbox money, re at gmail.com. And then, no, that's my email. Then mailbox money, re.com is just the website and that's fully functional now. So it's real simple though. It's just basically an invest now where we collect your information. And then otherwise, if you want to talk to me, my phone number is 605-691-1933. I don't answer numbers that I don't know. So you just got to text me, say, hey, this is Mark. I'm looking to talk about real estate. I also am happy to give away tips for anybody that they're, if they have autism, they're dealing with autism. Like I know that can be a lonely place when you first get a diagnosis. And we've tried a lot of stuff. Medical doctors don't really have any information they can give you and people get frustrated with that. And I'm a big natural guy. So we have all kinds of stuff that we've done that has given us results. And we have done stuff that has not given us results. So we can, I can let you know what we have and have not tried and where we found our best results. But Beckham has basically, he's almost not on the spectrum anymore. And it's because of the, what we've done, approached it more methodically, just like you'd approach maybe a, a deal, I guess. Yeah. My nephew has autism as well. And I always love seeing 
the videos that you have of Beckham on LinkedIn. If you guys want to watch some good ones, there's some nail biters there. He's got amazing balance. I'll just say that. And I love watching the videos of you and your family. And it's just, it's good to know, Hey, he's a real guy. This is a normal guy. And uh, And I love it. Yeah. And I just, I've been able, we've been able to, because of real estate investments, we've been able able to spend more time, you know, trying to provide Beckham with a better life where there's not as much anxiety because you can eliminate the anxiety from the autistic person or the autistic autism. It basically, it makes it more livable. Autism is really just a socially awkward person. Normally, if you can take away the anxiety, it's really fun to be around them if they're not freaking out. And sometimes it's more severe, you know, so it's really, really tough to deal with that anxiety. And then the anxiety bleeds into you and then it's worse. Everything about it gets worse. So we've just combated that anxiety. So that's really great to hear. And thank you very much for giving back of yourself, man, on a few different things that you've learned about and helping others. That's, that's a great man. So um, thank you very much, Dustin, for the time. I really appreciate it. Is there anything else we didn't talk about? Anything else we didn't touch on? You were hoping that I asked about just didn't or any last parting words? I would say the giving thing. Like the more that I learn how to give, the better my life gets. So I would encourage people to learn how to give more immediately and not wait to give until they've reached a certain point because it'll actually accelerate your net worth. Like it's weird and it sounds counterintuitive that if you go and give money out of your bank account, you'll get wealthier, but it just, it's worked for me and it works for every single person that I know that's a giver. That's what I've seen. I 100% echo and agree with. It's a principle in our family, our, our life and everything that we do. And the more that we give, the more definitely we receive. And it doesn't necessarily always come from the source that we give to. It's It could be any which way or which route. And it's pretty awesome. But man, that's great. I have a little story if you got two more seconds. I do. I do, my friend. I was testing a manifestation the other day. This was a while ago. And my wife basically gave me a sign that says, hey, these people need help. She told me probably six to 10 times that these people were hurting. I'm Mm -hmm. like, what does that mean? I mean, who else do you know that's hurting right now? And she's like, you know, I don't know. I don't know anyone. I was like, all right. Let's give them this much. It was a much bigger number than she wanted that she was comfortable with because we just, I mean, we're not used to giving as much, like we're just getting started. Yeah. So I told my daughters, I said, just wait, we'll get a payment, an unexpected payment. I don't know. (laughs) I'm not going to put a time on it, but we'll get an unexpected payment that we were not supposed to get for some reason. This money will just show back up. Yeah. 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 We sent that check off on Saturday morning before Christmas. Came into the office Monday morning. My secretary opens up a check for almost identical, (laughs) just a little bit below of an account that we had really written on. This Mm -hmm. was a a late payment or whatever on one of our businesses. And we were like, no, they're not even going to pay it. It's just, we'll just write it off. No big deal. Came in that day. The money hadn't even taken out of our account, but the act of us sending that to someone replenished it within two days. And I came home and I told my daughter about it. And I was like, I told you, did I not tell you that that would happen? And she said, you 100% said that that was going to happen. And then we did the same thing. We did another gift to someone and like some fund got approved for almost the identical amount and it came back and filled up the account. It was crazy. It's crazy. So I don't know. I'm becoming more and more a believer of, you know, just do good things. Giving currency is recirculating of the money. 
just give it away and it creates more of a conduit and it will flow more. The more you spend, the more it comes back into you. And, but you got to be more positive about it. If you're kind of negative and withholding, you know, it, it doesn't, it's not as effective. Well, you got to give with a cheerful heart and it's better to give a dollar where you're not begrudgingly giving and then it is to give a thousand where you're upset about it. And if you can kind of keep that mindset about you, then I a hundred percent agree, man. And a buddy told me, he goes, well, I got, I just got to give this money. And he's a big tither. I'm, I'm a Christ follower and my faith is, is in that. And, and we were talking about tithe and my, my buddy goes, he goes, well, shoot, I got to give that tithe. As soon as I get my check, put my money in, he goes, cause if I don't, What's going to happen is my, it feels like my car is going to break down and the mechanic who fixes my car, he'll end up tithing with my money. I go, I would rather not have that situation. But anyways, man, this has been a fun conversation, brother. I'm sure we could talk for more. And I look forward to staying connected with you, Dustin. This, is, this has been fun, man. Hey, thanks. Oh yeah. I started doing another thing. For, I wouldn't ever really give like homeless people money per se when they, they ask for it, but I started yeah. giving them mineral water because I know they're not buying any bougie San Pellegrino water. <laughs> and I want them to have really healthy water. So I actually started giving them water. And now I'm more likely to actually give them money at the same time when I give them water. Cause I'm like, ah, who cares, man? We're all the same. Yeah. This guy needs a couple bucks. Who cares if he's going to go spend it on booze anyway? Eh? He needs a, he needs uh, a break too. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's awesome. Well, enjoy your mineral water and thanks for coming on the show. And my name is Abel Pacheco. I'm your host for the Five Talents Podcast. This has been a great show with Dustin Hendrickson. Dustin, you're the man. Thank you very much for coming. Appreciate it. I appreciate you very much. And thanks everyone for listening. I hope that I inspired you to get some mailbox money, whether it's with Abel's Fund or me or anyone else. As long as you pick a good operator, that's all I care about. Just get in it. Get in the game. I love it. Thanks, Dustin. Thank you. Have a great weekend. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Five Talents Podcast. I'm your host, Abel Pacheco. Each week, we're going to bring you interviews from other industry experts and commercial real estate investors who followed their dreams and achieved massive success. If you enjoyed this episode, then you're going to want a copy of our Passive Investor's Guide, Tackling Commercial Real Estate the Easy Way. It's the guide we use to invest in $93 million of commercial real estate. It's a 65-page ebook. It's a great resource to learn the basic mechanics of multifamily syndications. And we're going to show you how to evaluate your next passive investment opportunity. So if you subscribe to our podcast now, leave us a review and a rating, I'm going to give you a free copy. So take a moment to do that now. We'd appreciate it. And then you can register for the book at 5tcre.com forward slash ebook 5tcre.com forward slash ebook let us know and we're going to send you a copy thank you so much for subscribing to the five talents podcast